Welcome to Desks and Dusters, PBJ Cleaning Depot's very own podcast. We are going to have so much fun on this adventure together. We are going to talk to our reps. We are going to talk to my fellow employees. And we're going to see what's going on right here in our own community. What is going on? Welcome to another episode of Desks and Dusters. It's episode 53 brought to you by PBJ Cleaning Depot. We're going to kick our show off the way we always do with our land acknowledgement. Our land acknowledgement is that we here in North Perth sit on land traditionally occupied by the Anishinaabawaki, Mississauga of the Mississauga First Credit Nation, and Odawa land. If you are looking to find out how to get your land acknowledgement, head to native-land.ca. All right, you guys, we have a awesome episode for you guys. I am super excited to finally let you know who our special guest for the week is. Are you ready? Let's jump right in. Today's guest has worn many hats in her professional career from uh, front manning a Canadian band to being on breakfast television Calgary. And now she is the co-host of Rogers Hometown Hockey. Please welcome Tara Sloan. How's it going? I am excellent. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Now, like I mentioned, you've worn many hats in the entertainment industry from Canadian band member of Joy Drop all the way to uh, City TV Calgary. You've been on television shows. You've been in some films. Now you're sitting beside Ron McLean. Like, how did this happen? You know, I, I, I guess it seems like I've jumped around a lot or it seems like kind of a winding trajectory, but it, you know, one thing really just led into another for me, music was my first love. So, um, I was going to be an opera singer when I grew up. And for me, that just, that took a turn. I went into theater. I did some theater and film. I found myself a bunch of musicians here in Toronto to play with, uh, that was joy drop. So that kind of took over in terms of my full-time career. And we put out two albums, um, you know, so I did music really full-time for about a, a decade. Uh, and then it, it just came time for me to make a decision about, um, you know, making a, a jump because as any artist knows, it's, it's a grind. And for me, I wanted a little bit more stability. Um, it's, it's ironic that I chose TV for stability because anybody <laughs> who works in broadcasting you're never off it. the clock when you're working in broadcasting. But it's also like not the most stable profession either, but um, I was just lucky TV had kind of come calling and I thought I'd throw my hat into the ring. So, you know, it's, it seems like all it's all over the place, but, um, I took some leaps for sure. Some leaps of faith, but, uh, I, I also, one thing just really did lead to the next. Now you started at age 12 being a classically trained for opera singing, and then you switched to rock. Where, where did that happen? Well, as a singer, for me, I, I enjoyed classical voice and being classically trained, but I always loved rock music. So it wasn't that I just loved opera. It was that my voice really lent itself to that style. And so that's what I pursued. Um, but I worked at a record store. They had those back then, um, all through high We're school. to come back. <laughs> yeah, they are actually, thank goodness. Um, so, you know, rock music was always a passion for me as well. So when the opera thing didn't work out for me, um, I still wanted to 
just have music in my life. So I, I thought, okay, well, I'll join a band. So I just did it. Now, what was that calling that got you into TV? You were on Calgary's uh, City TV uh, Breakfast Television. Uh, mm -hmm. We know it very well here. We've got ours from City TV Toronto. So what was that transition like from music into television? Well, I'd already done some theater and film and TV acting. So I guess the camera wasn't so foreign to me. But really, I think it happened in, in 2005, I was a contestant on a CBS series called Rockstar in Excess. And that was vying to be the new lead singer of the band in Excess. And I, I don't think it really did much for my music career, to tell you the truth, but it really started to open some doors in the world of television. So I think that was the catalyst for me. And now you are on a national broadcast, very, very popular man that sits next to you is Ron McLean, and you guys are doing Rogers Hometown Hockey. Would you mind giving us just a little background on what that show is all about? Well, it's a very different type of hockey broadcast. Um, we have a studio, but our studio is a mobile studio. So in conjunction with a festival, we actually travel Canada, uh, and our show is in conjunction with an NHL game, but our storytelling is based very much around the, the community that we visit. So we've been to somewhere close to 150 so far. Wow. Uh, and fingers crossed, we'll get to another 25 this year. We're, uh, we're rolling things out slowly because of COVID and just we have to, as Ron has said, we have to follow the pandemic. Um, but hopefully, you know, it's all systems go. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I've experienced hometown hockey a couple years ago in Kitchener. Uh, when you guys were downtown, it is a fabulous event. There's so much going on for people to do of all ages uh, to introduce you to the game. And what I really loved is the local aspect mm -hmm. that you bring. You tell the local stories, uh, what different teams are doing and things like that. And it really helps bring a community together. And soon you guys are going to be doing another one close by, uh, just a hop, skip and a jump down the road from <laughs> us in air, Ontario. Yes. Well, it's the township of North Dumfries, but we are set up in air. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the sort of the beauty of this show, I think is that, um, you know, especially when we're in smaller communities, if we show up in Vancouver, which we have, of course, like we're just the drop, a drop in the bucket. But when we go to air, we're, uh, we're exciting and we become kind of more integrated with the town and the, the activities there. So Ron and I dropped the puck at the Air Centennials uh, season opener, which was actually their, uh, I guess, I don't want to call it their franchise opener, but it's their first game as a junior B franchise. Yes. Um, so the community is really involved. The community is really excited and we get to tell a lot of very cool local stories and have local guests. So it's a neat way to, to kind of you know, show ourselves to uh, the NHL audiences. Exactly. And yes, it was the first time the Air Centennials are now playing under the Junior B and the GOJHL right. used to be Junior C with the P and Kitchener Dutchman uh, moved and took over the Air Centennials. And then the Waterloo Siskins become the Waterloo Kitchen, Kitchener uh, Siskins. And it was a whole, <laughs> a whole roundabout of different things, but it basically yeah. is just growing hockey in these smaller communities. And as someone who currently lives in a small community of, in Listowel in North Perth, we know just how much our communities feed off of local hockey. And then to have um, 
such an established program like Rogers uh, hometown hockey come to these towns is absolutely phenomenal. So thank you guys so much for everything you're doing. It is fantastic. And as a community, we appreciate it so, so much. Well, it's the feeling is mutual. We're always blown away by the hospitality and it, it feels like a real um, privilege and an honor to have the red carpet rolled out the way that it is. So, um, you know, people always thank us for highlighting their community, but we thank them um, for giving us that, you know, for trusting us with their stories. Exactly. Now, Rogers Hometown Hockey is not the only thing you do. Um, I love following you on social media. If you're not following <laughs> her, you need to follow her. And the other thing you have is top of her game. Now, would you mind filling us a little bit about, about that? Because I'm a big fan of female athletes. Oh, thank you. Um, so top of her game was a project that was started during the pause in live sports at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, it was really only supposed to be six shows and it turned into 40 something and wow. we'll have a, a future. We're kind of figuring out what that's going to look like. Um, but basically it came as a result of a few of us noticing that there was really no discussion of women's sports. And, you know, it doesn't matter which website you'd scroll down, which Twitter feed you'd scroll down, um, you know, which broadcast you'd watch, there was no mention of women's sports at all. And so, you know, for me on Rogers Hometown Hockey, and I think for our whole crew, we, you know, for us, a big mandate has been to be um, representative. And so it's really easy on an NHL broadcast to just talk about men. Um, and white men yeah, at that. But so we, we really, like, we really strive to, to do better. And so I think with top of her game, like the, honestly, the pandemic provided an opportunity, um, you know, on the, on the airwaves. So it was a show that showcased, um, you know, trailblazers in the world of sport or people that we thought that viewers should learn about. Um, and, it's important, you know, it's just, we have to just keep proclaiming ourselves as existing. Um, we know that, that women's sports only take up 5% of the available airspace right now. So that's not right. And so we want to move the needle. Exactly. And like, let's be honest, 2021 Canadian female athletes, yo, we're owning the podium these, this year, whether it was at the Olympics we're all over the page and you are so right. They don't get the publicity that they need to grow the game no. and that they deserve because these athletes work just as hard as the men. They train just as hard the same amount of time. And then they got to go put a nine to five in during the week so that they can put food on the tables. You yeah. think Haley Wickenheiser's bank account and Sydney Crosby's bank accounts are the same, <laughs> but it, both top athletes of their game, nowhere near the same. You are correct. Yeah. Like exactly. I think I read, I, I, I was surprised, like, I don't know, for some reason I thought the NWSL was like doing better. Um, and their like average salary is like 30 grand. So yeah, yeah. it's just the play, the playing field is, is not level. And, um, so I, you know, I'm yelling and screaming and doing what I can to, to change things. And that's why we're sitting here talking today is because we <laughs> have the opportunity to talk to a female in sports broadcasting and someone who gets to talk to female athletes all the time. And, you know, when you look at, we've got Bianca and Layla killing it on the court, Brooke Henderson's mm -hmm. on the green. We've got our fabulous women's hockey team who just brought home the first double IHF uh, women's world 
medal gold medal since 2012 killing it at the olympics um our soccer team golden this year at the olympics in tokyo uh like it's just insane how across the board so besides like like you said screaming and shouting look at these athletes look how incredible they are and airtime what else can we be doing to help support our female athletes oh god it's like such a i mean it's such a huge question but there are i think simple things i mean i do think that there has to be just some some top-down buy-in um there have to be some some leaps of faith you know like you just have like the big networks have to say and i know cbc did this and it's not the network i work for but i um you know i commend them for this is they they said we're going to dedicate 50 percent of our coverage to women's sports and that's what has to happen it just mm -hmm. has to be a mandate from the top down you know what we're going to have inclusive coverage um but i think you know the onus is on all of us too to watch it when it's on and to talk about it when it's on um and it is on but i mean obviously that's again where the networks and sponsors come in too is because you know sometimes these things are uh hard to find so you know it shouldn't just be like the wnba finals that are readily available like let's let's watch regular season games so support women amplify women um but we do i think have to keep just lobbying uh the people with the money mm -hmm. <laughs> um and you know to tell you the truth i'm like still wildly disappointed that the nhl hasn't stopped because oh. i mean i am seeing such great things happen with the WNBA. There's another basketball league that's just um, started up, like that will, you know, offer WNBA players an opportunity to play in North America, in the United States, in the summers, instead of having to go away. So I'm seeing like a lot of growth. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I want to continue, I want to see it in conjunction with the NHL. But yeah, that's a Exactly. And if the NHL is going to keep inviting uh, female hockey players to come do the demonstrations at the all-star competition and things like that, they need to start putting the money where their mouth is. Performative. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Now with this, I'm guessing that you have interviewed lots of different people across the board, whether it was top of her game or hometown hockey. Has anyone ever left you starstruck? Um, I, and it was funny cause it was by zoom, but Christine Sinclair last year, um, because I mean, first of all, she's just like, kind of like a Buddha, like she's just, she's calm. Um, I mean, at least outwardly, I don't know how she is in the locker room, probably not so calm. Um, and you know, she's so intelligent, like, you know, that there's just so much going on in, in her brain. And she sort of notoriously doesn't love doing media. So that one made me nervous, even via Zoom, but she was awesome. But I remember when I first started doing Rogers Hometown Hockey, um, I think Mark Messier was an early guest. And, you know, I mean, he's like, he's a giant of the game. He's a, he's yeah. a, he's a big human also, he's <laughs> Moose, you know, but he's also just one of those, you know, from the Oilers dynasty. and. Um, but I, I, yeah, I don't think so, so much anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I have pinch me moments. So yeah, exactly. Like when I was interning, um, with Bell media at their agent court studio, I was in and out of TSN and 
CTV newscasts and I'm walking past all these people I see every morning on my TV. And I was just like, this is the coolest place I've ever been. <laughs> and eventually you kind of just get used to it and realize, well, there are people like me too. They put their pants on one leg at a time, hopefully, but <laughs> exactly. You never know. But as someone who has a desire to get into TV and sports media and, and on that kind of a career path, what kind of advice would you have, especially to another female battling to get into a male dominated, uh, industry? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's tons of sort of practical advice, like, you know, work really hard and blah, blah, blah. Don't be afraid to try everything, you know, in terms of sort of every aspect. I mean, I think it's good to manage your expectations and don't think that you're going to necessarily jump into a major market job. And I actually think that, you know, sure. If you want to be an on-air person, great. And hopefully that's the end result, but, um, knowing all the technical aspects of what's going on behind the camera Mm -hmm. is really crucial. Uh, it should go without saying that, um, you know, I think having a natural curiosity is something that will keep you in the industry longer, because if you're only in it for the quotes unquote glory, um, or, you know, the airtime it really isn't, I don't think it will serve you very well. I don't think it will serve your longevity and I don't think it makes you a very good <laughs> interviewer no, you know? not at all. Um, or producer. So I do think you have to have a natural sense of, of curiosity for whatever it is you're doing. And then in terms of, you know, being a woman in the industry, um, I think just reaching out, you know, I think that there are a lot of, there's a good community out there uh, of women who are, um, who've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, people reach out to me on LinkedIn all the time. And, and I, I really try not to say no to any women who are up and coming in the business because I want women especially to feel like they have a community and, and supporters out there. So don't be afraid to reach out and just maintain that circle of, of support. I think that's really, really important because it can be exhausting and, you know, set boundaries and take breaks when you need to. Um, because yes, it, 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 it's tiring bashing your head against the wall sometimes, but I feel really good about the next generation. I, I think you know, media is going to look really, really different in, in five years, let alone 10. Exactly. And I mean, like I've met Kate and Natasha and Jen, all very famous sports uh, TV personalities and females in the game. And we're seeing it more and more every day. We're starting to see all female broadcasts, mm-hmm. whether it's covering women's sports or covering men's sports, they have the knowledge, they have the know-how. We just need the opportunity to just give us a chance to give someone like me who will never shut up about hockey, those kind of opportunities. And that's how we got together today is I saw you tweet. You want to help women get into this industry more. What can I be doing? And I just sent you a tweet like, Hey, you want to come on my podcast? (laughs) You're like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, Oh my God, she actually said yes. Like, it's crazy. Like a little old me, like things like that. So thank you very much for all the work you're doing to help women get these jobs and get into these positions and giving them a platform to use their voice for what they're passionate about. Well, I feel like it's the least I can do. I feel like it's a, it's a responsibility. And so. Perfect. 
Awesome. Now, what kind of obstacles have you had to overcome working in media? There's so many people that have no idea just how crazy a television studio can be, especially on a live <laughs> broadcast, how insane that can get. What are some of the obstacles you've had to come overcome traveling and working in all these different places? Well, uh, I'll say that working on a morning show is really good training because for breakfast television, I was on the air from 5.30 to 9, five days a week. So as you can imagine, first of all, you're up at three. So that's a whole different like, whoa. Um, but that type of show, I mean, anything and everything can happen, you know, terrible interviews, lights falling, somebody walks through your shot, you know, TV goes black, whatever. Live TV is, is a great training ground. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also sometimes, you know, being on when the Calgary floods happened in 2013, you know, having to like, what do we do? Do we tell our guests to stay home? Like just sort of during like crisis situations. Um, but, and then Rogers hometown hockey. Yeah. I mean, the, the travel fatigue for sure, uh, comes into play. I mean, Ron is the one who's had this, <laughs> the real difficulty because he does Saturday nights on hockey night in Canada, of course. And then up until this year, we were on Sunday nights on hometown hockey. So he would be getting to whatever place we were located, um, for the next evening. So that's, that's been like a real challenge, but even, you know, winter travel in Canada, you can imagine, you know, we've been snowed in, we've had to, um, shut down our festival because of wind. We hit an ice storm in Nova Scotia and we literally couldn't like, we had to get out of our mobile studio because the ice was forming to the point where we would have been frozen. <laughs> no way. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, Listen, I'm the one warm and cozy inside. We have like our, it's our crew who really, you know, they're the ones like we have a crew that travels across the country, um, you know, by truck. So they're the ones really doing the heavy lifting literally and figuratively. So yes, sometimes there are flight delays and exhaustion and all that, but um, I, I give our crew more credit than, than us on air folk. And that's awesome because it honestly is a massive team effort to put one of these programs together. It takes a whole whack load of people, takes everyone pulling their weight to get the job done. And it takes cooperation for sure. Yeah, totally. And the, the amazing thing with our hometown hockey sort of team, like from, you know, our broadcast crew to the festival crew is everybody's an ambassador of, of the show and does it so beautifully because I think people really feel passionate about it. So it's uh, that's been great to watch. You are very, very active on social media, whether you are standing up for women in broadcasting and sports media, whether it's supporting Black Lives Matter, people of color and our indigenous uh, peoples here in Canada and things like that. And a lot of people come for you. Mm -hmm. and I've, seen, <laughs> I've seen the replies and I'm sitting here going, someone's going to need to give me this guy's address. Cause I'm going to go deal with him. And yeah. people have sent you some pretty obscure pictures and things like that. I mean, that's got to take a toll on you. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, it's like, it's not like I set out to be this social justice warrior as I'm accused of, of being, um, from a very early age, I just, I just have that like 
thing. I have that fire in my gut. That's like, I don't like seeing injustices. I don't like seeing inequality and inequities. Um, and so obviously, you know, social media just, it's just in your face. So, and obviously I have, I have a platform now and it, it's sort of the same thing as, you know, how I try to be of assistance to, to women wanting to get into the media business. I just feel like I have a voice and I can use it. Um, I know that it isn't everybody's thing. Like there are plenty of people who feel the way that I do, who choose not to use their social media the way that I do um, for lots of reasons. One is, yeah, I mean, you know, employers maybe don't love it. Uh, future employees maybe don't love it. Um, and it can, you know, there's a lot of back and forth and, and for sure it, it can affect anybody's mental health. And, and so for some people, they protect themselves from that. And I get it. Um, for me though, it's just, that's just, I guess, who I am. I, I have a, an allowed mouth and I certainly have opinions and, um, but I just know that when I, you know, when I go to sleep at night, I want to feel good having sort of stood up for what I believe is, is right. And honestly, I can't thank you enough for doing that because two weeks ago we had our truth and reconciliation episode back in January, we did mental health. We've talked about earth month and earth week on this podcast. And that's what we aim to do here. This is, you know, it's for PBJ cleaning depot, the company I currently work for, but my boss has given me the privilege of just being able to talk about whatever I want, whatever I want. And mm -hmm. a lot of the things I want to talk about are human rights and basic rights for people all across right. this country. I don't care what color skin you are. I don't care which God you preach to. I could care less about your background, your what you identify as or your sex, as long as you are receiving the basic human rights you should be. And I totally understand that. Sometimes I think, oh my God, is like my employer or a future employer going to look at some of the tweets that I've made and go, she's a little loud, but like, it's who I am. We can't hide who we are in life. We need to be able to speak up for these issues. So thank you very much for all that you do. Thank you for joining me here today. Thank you for allowing me to do this. I can't say thank you enough to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, keep doing you keep going out there and uh, don't stop. Well, thank you. And yeah, thank you for the invitation. I, I appreciate it. And the kind words. Perfect. Well, you are always welcome back here on Desks and Dusters. Anytime you got something going on, you're a very busy woman. So I can't <laughs> believe that you were able to do this with me. <laughs> well, I had to get it in before the season started. So uh, this is great. Perfect. Well, good luck this season. And uh, hopefully we get to hear more top of her game soon as well. Yes. So we're uh, still trying to figure out what, what route that's going to take. Obviously for me, uh, doing another full-time job is not possible, but we're, we'll, it will take some form for sure. Awesome. Well, Hey, if you ever need a hand, I will volunteer my <laughs> time for you anytime. <laughs> I'll let you know. Thank you. Perfect. Wow. That was incredible. Thank you so much, Tara Sloan. I can't believe I just got the opportunity to do that. And all I did was reach out to her on social media. I mean, it's the same way I connect with most people that I get in touch with in the industry. If you are someone looking to get into sports media, definitely follow Tara on Twitter, on her social medias. She is very vocal. She is very active. 
And I just absolutely aspire to be as humble and as amazing on camera as she is one day, whether I end up in front of the camera or behind the camera, I could care less. I just want to get into sports media still. I own a video production company. That's why Paul gave me this platform and let me use this podcast. Uh, He is letting me talk about anything pretty much that we want. Locally, we obviously want to bring as much content to you guys as humanly possible. We know there's so much going on here in North Perth, and you know I'm not going to shut up about it. So if you want to be on Desks and Dusters, if you want us to come do a YouTube video with you, you know where to find me right here. Desks and Dusters can be found on all major platforms like Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and CastBox. Now, PBJ Cleaning Depot can be found across all major social media platforms. PBJ Cleaning Depot is on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're even on TikTok. Yep, that's right. We TikTok. I don't really know what TikTok means, but I'm getting old. So make sure you're following us to stay up to date with what's going on here on our podcast, what's going on out in our community and what we've got going on at PBJ Cleaning Depot, because there's always something fantastic going on at PBJ Cleaning Depot. So subscribe to the podcast, give us a like, give us a follow, share it out. If you want to be on the podcast, hit me up, Caitlin at cleaning-depot.ca. That's Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-Y-N at cleaning-depot.ca. Now you guys have yourselves a fabulous week. I am so thrilled that this episode happened. Uh, I'm a little starstruck, to be honest, because I watch Tara on TV all the time. I aspire to be as confident and as forward as she is. She is such an amazing person on camera and off camera as well. Um, so again, thank you, Tara, for making my week for sure, probably my month. So we will see you right back here for episode 54 next week, right back here on Desks and Dusters. Be sure to catch Desks and Dusters on all your favorite podcast platforms like Castbox, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Join us for Desks and Dusters through PBJ Cleaning Depot every other week.